This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. We're going to go to Romans 8. If you brought your Bible, yell for me. That's what I'm talking about. You guys brought your weapon. Love that, man. That's why I feel so good in here. So uh, I think I'm just going to, if you know me, the way that I teach is I, I only teach things that I actually experience with God. And, and it's a good thing, but sometimes I don't want to go through that experience because it makes me cry. And I don't know why God made me a crier. I wish he had made me, I don't know, like if I cry, gold comes out or something or, you know, but instead he's like, no, you're a crier. It makes you feel better. And I was like, fine, God, that's who I am. Before I go, let me pray. Jesus, I thank you that you already are here, that we can continue to pray, that we can always pray. Yeah, that prayer doesn't have to be this super formal thing, but it's actually a conversation that we have with you. So right now, God, we open up communication between you, Holy Spirit, and we open up our hearts towards you. We no longer turn our attention towards us and ourselves or even our neighbor, but we turn our entire attention to you, Holy Spirit. Say, I'm turning to Jesus. Even more. Come on. Come on. We just love you, God. You're so good. You're so worthy. Come on. Come on. Any believers out there? Give me, let me get an amen. Let me get an amen. Come on, man. So, again, I wish that these moments when I encounter God, I wish that, you know, gold will fall out of the sky, but instead I cry, which is really good. So, from the get-go, I just want to let you know what happened. So, while we were out in camp, say camp. Say in the wild. Oh man, we were out there. It was beautiful. It was so good. Uh, if you don't know what In the Wild is, it's every year we go out there to uh, the Shenandoah Lake and we're, uh, we're up on the mountain and we get to experience God. There's no cell phone service except one young lady somehow always managed to find cell phone service. I don't know how she did it, but she always did it. She had faith. Say she has faith. Man, because it always worked. Every time I saw her, she was like... Uh, but we were out there and, and we're having so much fun. People are encountering God. People are starting relationships with God, say, starting. Yeah, it's beautiful when people actually come into the kingdom, when people know that there's actually a God out there that loves you, that wants to hug you, that wants to hold you, that, that wants nothing but good for you. Say nothing but good. And I'm trying to give you time to get a Romans 8 because in there, towards the end, it it says that all things, say all things, work together for our good, for those that are called according to the purpose of God. Say, I'm called because I'm breathing. Nice. Five people believe that. That's all we need. That's beautiful. And so while we were out there, I I, I had no cell phone service, so uh, I left my phone in the van. I was like, I don't need that thing. And, uh, and Nate, it was so cute. Every time he would see me, he's like, hey, your mama just called you. And I was like, my mama's going to be fine. Uh, she just got born again, baptized with the Holy Spirit. So she's going to be all right. Isn't that beautiful? Man, I love that. I came from a family that no history about God that way. Uh, it just blows my mind that my mom was able to be healed. I, I just love her. I love God. So anyway, so she was calling me and calling me. And then towards the end of the night, I finally checked my phone. I was like, fine. Had 37 missed calls. Man, don't say this word, but anxiety, right? Like, my God, what happened to her? You know, I was like, Jesus, you know, thank God I know my prayer language. So I'm praying, shito, rumba, randa. And I'm going through, I'm going through 37 missed calls. I had never seen that. Nobody loves me that much. So I was, I was just going through and at the bottom it said, hey, I was trying to tell you that your dad died. I know. And this is my biological dad. This is my dad who 
when I was five years old was no longer part of my picture in my life. That if I actually hugged you guys today and said good morning to you or shook your hand, I've actually never done that with my dad. And I'm sitting there in the middle of this beautiful place to encounter God and I'm reading this text and, and I'm in shock and I don't know what to do, but luckily I wasn't by myself. Say, I'm not meant to do life by myself. Say that. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not alone. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're not alone. Come on. So I turned to my neighbor, which was Pastor Abel. Thank God he didn't trip that day. He was there and I turned to him and I didn't know what to say. So I was like, I call him Chaba. If you watch our podcast, he's Chaba. I'm Choo Choo together. We're Chaba Choo Choo. It's just a fun thing we have. There's nothing crazy behind it. So, so I turned towards him and I was like, Chaba, my dad just died. And he's like, oh my God, what do I do? And I was like, just, I don't know. And he just hugged me. He just held me. And, uh, and I made a joke and we laughed. And he's like, I don't know if it was appropriate to make a joke. And I was like, I don't think it's appropriate that my dad died, but I don't know. And then I was like, I don't think it's appropriate that my father wasn't part of my picture because God had actually created a place for a, for a mom and a dad to be in my life. But regardless of whatever choices they made, I know it started at the beginning with a deceiver known as the enemy that deceived the entire world. And so because of that, we actually have choices that he perverts where God actually gives us choices and it's called hope. It's called faith that even though it doesn't feel good we turn towards God and then God's like you do this you go this way we make marriage work because it's not about you now it's about this child luckily I had a bunch of sozos say sozos sozo means healed saved made whole delivered all that fun stuff and I had a bunch of those and he would show up and it was weird for giving a guy that I've never really met but I was so glad that I went in there and did stuff like that. I was so glad during worship I cried in moments like that. And I'm sitting there and I get hugged and embraced. Say embraced. <sighs> Say intimacy. Say vulnerable. I was vulnerable with Pastor Abel, with my neighbor. I wasn't alone. And he hugged me. And that's it. I didn't cry. I was good. Because, you know, I was in the army. I'm a manly man. I don't cry. <laughs> I eat steak. <laughs> All the men go, ooh. Yeah, come on, come on. So, uh, you know, but this is the parts that get me. I, I was too busy. That's why I actually didn't give myself time to process. I, there's something called compartmentalize. Say compartmentalize. Sometimes we're really good at that, right? So I compartmentalize this part. I was like, hey, you're going to go right here. Uh, the way Pastor Leslie explained to me is that we men have a, a brain and it's a waffle. So that means, you know, you can only fill up one square at a time. So that way, when my wife wants me to vacuum and do the dishes, I'm like, you can't get both. I'm a waffle. <laughs> I'm going to get one. Which one do you want? But I'm going to do it well. <laughs> Say well. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to compartmentalize it. You're going in this little waffle square right here. You know, my dad dying. You're going right here. And, uh, and then but what was more important was getting the s'mores to the kids and making sure that their relationship with, with God and with each other wasn't disrupted. Because when you're called to ministry, when you're called to God, it's no longer about you. Come on now. It's no longer about you. You want to make it about yourself, but that's why you have God. That's why you have Holy Spirit. But there's this place where he's able to come in and make deposits in your life where you're able to actually flow from the overflow. Say overflow. If you feel empty, it's because you're not operating out of the overflow. That's the whole point of worship. It isn't so we can sing or hear somebody sing very pretty, even though she sings amazing. I love it. It's so great. It's these moments where we're like, God, this is how I feel. My dad just died. What do you want to do? How do you want to pour into me? Because there's a world out there that needs Jesus. 
And so at that moment, I was like, s'mores are more important. So here I go. So I, I grabbed the s'mores, did it all. And then I had to make sure, you know, the s'mores got put away or else the bears show up. <laughs> but isn't that how life is sometimes? I love what Pastor Babette said, that, that the enemy is like a roaring lion. He, he, he comes in bringing fear. But when you're not alone, there's someone to come up and clean the s'more sticks behind you so you don't get eaten while you're sleeping. And his name is Jesus, and that's what he does. Can I get an amen? So what ended up happening after that was the kids finally went to bed, and I got a chance to go and brush my teeth. So my compartmentalizing was different. It was just a mundane thing, something that I didn't have to think about, something that I didn't really have to use brain power for. So as I was brushing my teeth, something I do every single night, the thing that I chose to compartmentalize or put shove deep down inside of me. Anybody good about shoving things that you don't want to talk about deep down inside of you? Oh, come on now. Thank you for your honesty. But as I'm brushing my teeth, it came to the forefront of my mind. And I love what Jesse just said. He, he said, remembrance, remembering when God uses remembrance, it means that he brings it to the forefront of his brain, that he brings it to his attention. That's the only thing that matters in that moment. In Genesis, when Noah was out there and the world flooded and he was in his ark, it said that God remembered his covenant. Say remembered. He chose to remember Noah. And I'm like, but God is so smart. How does he forget? And it had nothing to do with that. It was the fact that he actually said, Noah, you have my full attention right now. And I haven't forgotten about you. If you think God has forgotten about you, I'm here to tell you that he remembers you. He remembers you in the middle of the flood. Even if you feel like your world is being flooded right now, God is remembering you. He remembers you. He remembers you. Say remember. And so as I'm brushing my teeth, I remember the situation that just happened a couple hours ago. And I'm like, all right, God, what do you want to do? And, and I know what to do. I, I, I started reading books this year, uh, which is a big deal because I used to never finish books because I was too scared to finish books. Because when I would read a book, there would be a value. And I'm like, man, I can no longer live under that value. Like, I know, I know something better now. And so my fear was, if I keep on reading, I'm going to learn too many values and never live up for it. Uh, but thank God for Sozo, because I was able to break that there. And so uh, actually this year alone, I read over 12 books, uh, which is like great, right? It's awesome. I love it. So because of that, I was like, God, I'm not, I'm not dumb. I was just tired and sleepy the whole time. I just needed some coffee. And so because I know how smart I am now, I was like, I know what to do with this. I'm going to logically try to understand it. I'm going to put the pieces together by myself in my brain. And as I'm doing that in my brain, I'm like, he was a stranger. I don't know him. So that way he can affect me. I never needed his love. I was man enough to do it myself. I never needed his money. I never needed his hugs. I never needed his intimacy. I never needed his smile. I didn't even know anything about him. And that's me just putting the pieces in my brain together. Anybody do that by themselves before? Okay, come on. I got some real people over there on my right, your left. And as I'm doing that, I hear something in my heart. And I can't explain it. This is the, the, the mystery. Say mystery. That word mystery actually means to have no facts, to have no information over it. But I, I felt something in my heart, and so I chose to turn towards it. And I, as God was remembering me, I forgot I could invite him in. So with easy words, I was like, God, I invite you into this situation. Really, it was like, hey, what's up, Papa? What do you want to tell me about this? It's not making me feel better, even though I'm logically it's trying to make sense. And the great father revealed this in my heart. 
He said, hey, and he showed me a picture of my heart and there was a little spot there with a hole. And it said, that's where your father was supposed to make deposits in your life. That's where he was supposed to affirm your identity. That's where his hugs were supposed to be. That's where the happy birthdays were supposed to be. And, um, and I'm like, okay, God, that's cool. <laughs> Brushing my teeth, having this crazy encounter with God. Again, when you pray or talk to him, he wants to encounter you everywhere and anywhere. Even in the bathroom of this stinky place. <laughs> As you brush your teeth or do something mundane. I said that right. This is why we read. Say mundane. He wants to meet you in those areas. And, and I'm there and God's like, hey, like that's where your dad was supposed to be. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be an orphan forever. There's a hole in my heart. I need to go to the doctors. They need to do whatever they do. And God was like, no, 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 no. If you continue to have a conversation with me, say conversation. If you don't stop the communication with me, I, not only can I restore that part of your heart, not only can I make that whole, but I can actually engulf the rest of your heart and show you something brand new. And that was it. <laughs> it felt really good. And so, but the, this is the hard part. This was the hard part was during the day when I was busy, I was good. But the moments where it was quiet, when it was just me, even though my wife was next to me in that time, when it was just me and my own thoughts, that thought would come of like, oh man, what about this? What about that? What about this regret? What about the areas that weren't filled? And then I was like, wait, what if I turn towards God? Say turn. What if I turn towards the presence of God? And I would, I would turn towards him. In my sleep, literally, I would physically turn and I'm like, are you here? And he's like, I'm here. And he would give me Psalms 91 and, and towards the end, I, I really love it because it says that he loves me towards the end, towards the end. And that, that word love, he highlighted in the Hebrew word there for love. Are you ready for this? It means to hug intimately. It means to hold you. It means to pursue you. That means that there's action that the father is doing for you as I just laid there and turned towards him. Isn't that beautiful? My gosh. So the reason that I'm sharing this is because he wants to do that with you as well. So I want to tell you a little bit about this father that was able to meet me out there in camp. That means if he was able to meet me out there with no cell phone service and in the lowest point of, of, of this part of my life, he's able to meet you guys right here. Can I get an amen? So in Romans 8, verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation. Say condemnation is not. Come on, say condemnation is not. From God. Come on, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Say I'm in Christ. Who do not walk according to the flesh. But that word flesh, another word for it is actually senses. Say senses. Yeah, so that's the logical part of our brain. That's the part of our brain that I was trying to explain to you that's trying to put pieces together. It's like, we don't live according to what that says. We live according to this Jesus that no longer punishes us because he loves us because he wants to hug us. Are you guys with me? But according to the spirit, say spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. Say, I'm free. From the law of sin and death. That means from the ability to be separated from God. Come on, isn't that a good word right there? Say, that's a good word. Verse three, for what the law could not do and, what, and it was weak through the flesh or the senses, say senses, God did, say God did it, not me. Is, that's a good word right there. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, say senses, 
that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Say the law is fulfilled in us. Good job. Who do not walk according to the flesh or the senses, but according to the spirit. Say, I walk with the spirit. Turn to your neighbor and say, you walk with the spirit. Say it like you mean it. Come on. Yeah. Now somebody say that to me. <laughs> Thank God. I, oh, man. All right. Verse five. For those who live according to the flesh or the senses, set their minds on the things of the flesh or the senses, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Say life and peace. And it's so beautiful because this place where we're able to turn towards God, the more that you try to understand it by yourself, you're going to go down this dark hole because the person that has all the answers is actually Father God who actually has life and peace available for you. If you haven't made it to life and peace yet, then keep talking to him. Are you guys with me? I'm just saying it worked for me. I'm not going to teach you something that I didn't experience. <sighs> Verse six, for to be carnally minded is death to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Say life and peace. Verse seven, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Verse eight, so then those who are in the flesh or the senses cannot please God. You know why? Because you're talking to yourself. Hard to please somebody when you're doing it by yourself. I can wash dishes for my wife, or I can wash dishes for myself. I'm actually really happy when I don't have to wash dishes. I'm pleased with myself. But my wife comes, she's like, baby, can you do the dishes? And I'm like, I love to do the dishes for you. Uh, I don't longer live by my senses. It's not about me, it's about you. Wash these dishes, guess who's pleased? Oh, you guys are not with me. That's okay. I still love you, say I still love you. Come on. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you, say I'm not. Verse nine, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Say, I'm in the spirit. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead. Say, I'm dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, say, my spirit is not weak. The spirit of God is not weak. He raises people from the dead. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And just so you know, my mortal body at that moment was literally my heart. He literally came in and gave life to my heart. This place that I had a hole in, he was able to come in and give life to my heart. Are you guys with me? But this is the principle I want you to understand. It's a turning towards God, not a turning towards yourself. We first turn to ourselves, but it says there's no condemnation for that. So if you're like, okay, I keep turning to myself, what do I do? Oh my gosh, God, you're right there. I know it's so simple, right? Man, I honestly, can I be real? I hate simple things because what happened to me was so high. Like my, think about my biological dad who I never met died. The simplicity is turn towards God. No, God, no, 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 no. And some, you need to give me something of equal value to that. And God is like at the lowest point, the, the smallest thing that I give you is bigger than any death or threat that you've gone through. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? So sometimes we actually are like, I'd rather deal with a complicated lie than a simple truth. Who are you pleasing? 
Who are you pleasing? And again, Romans 8, 1, there's no what? Come on, there's some people here who listen and read their Bible. Say amen. amen. Are you guys good? I love you, man. All right, here we go, here we go. Verse 12, because of all this, or therefore, brethren, say I'm a brother. We are debtors not to the flesh, to our senses, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the senses, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. How do we put things to death? When we turn towards God, when we give it to God. Just moves me, man. Just moves me. And it works. It happens. It changed my life. This, this, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. 14, here we go. For as many as are led by the spirit of God. Say, I'm led. Man, let me tell you what. When God's like, hey, can you stop for a second and hug that person? What are you being, what, what is he trying to do with you? He's trying to lead you. Why do you think I come and hug you so much? You think it's my idea? <laughs> it's the Lord. I'm trying to please him. And he's already pleased with me. Come on. I love him. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I really want to break down that word sons. It's such a big word right there. Say, I'm a son. son. When I was doing a little bit of Bible study, that that word son actually means receiver. Say receiver. receiver. What does a receiver do? It receives. If you're an IT person, we like receivers, I think, right? (laughs) I'm not an IT guy, so I don't know. But you guys right now are receiving. When you read the word, even if you didn't understand something, you have to believe that you? Okay, that right side understands me. Left side, do we receive stuff? Okay, let me tell you, I know it works because you guys receive the negative. I'm gonna leave that right there. All right, psych, I'm just playing. I ain't gonna leave you there. This is the part right here, right? For as many as we are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God or the receivers of God. Come on now, come on. 15, for you did not receive, (laughs) for you are not a son to the spirit of bondage again, to fear, but you received, you are a son to the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. We're going to pause right there just for a second. For you did not receive, you are not a son. That place in your heart where, where God makes deposits in you, It's not meant for bondage. It's not meant for fear. It's meant for God to come and adopt you. I mean, even if we would just break it down to that word adoptions, like I actually grew up with a stepdad and he adopted me. You know what he did? He picked me up. He took me in. And every day he adopted me. Every day he chose to look at me and say, I'm providing for school. I'm providing for this. He adopted me. He put stuff inside of me. He put... So it's good. I'm so glad I was adopted. I'm so glad I was adopted. Say it's good to be adopted. Especially by God. Good job, man. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So I really love that too, because it's also an indicator of like, hey, are you turning towards God? Are you having a conversation with God? Are you communicating with God? Okay, if fear is present there, if you feel trapped, if you feel hopelessness, 
that's a great indicator of like, wait, 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 where's Abba Father? And I love that it says we cry out Abba Father, which actually makes me feel good about crying now. So, <laughs> I love you guys. So, we cry out to Abba Father. And I love that because then that's actually this dance that we do with God where he's always pursuing us. But just for that moment, we actually pursue him. And that word Abba actually means intimate father. It means intimate. It means this God that's willing to hug us. If we can turn and just be hugged by him, even if it makes no sense, how is this invisible God going to hug me? I don't know. I was back there crying because I felt him hug me. I just believed. Are you with me? So that word Abba is intimate father. And, and, and as I was reading this, I was like, Paul's a really smart dude, like theologian, you know, he knows everything. So I was like, why would Paul put father, father, right? Because Abba means father. And then there's another father, comma, father. And I was like, he's too smart for that. Was he trying to be poetic? Was he trying to throw some Shakespeare in there? Like, what was up with that? And then I realized that that word next to it, father, guess what that word means? Transmitter. There's a transmitter and there's a receiver. Which one are you? Which one is Father God? Which one is the Abba Father? That means intimate father who transmits. What is God transmitting to you? What, what is he transmitting to you? What has he been trying to transmit to you? But you're too busy trying to do it on your own understanding. But this is the beautiful thing. The whole point of Jesus dying was to be like, okay, yeah, you're doing it with yourself, but look at me, I died for you. The father. <laughs> father God, what do you want to tell me right now? I just want to hug you. Or he gives you something very deep for brown. Hey, you have a hole in your heart. <laughs> Either one is really good because it comes from the? Known as the? Yay, I love you guys. Man, if this was college, you guys all get masters. I'll give you guys all masters. Just throw them out there. I'll get fired for y'all. Here you go, verse 16. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Say, I'm an heir. That means there's something there to inherit. What are you inheriting? Maybe all the promises of God? Maybe all the goodness of God, maybe the opposite of bondage and fear and anxiety and empty holes or this black hole in your heart. There's something there that he has for you. It's a treasure, it's inheritance, but it's yours. But you'll never know unless you turn towards who? The father known as the? Come on, but when you read the Bible, we're gonna go there. We're gonna go all the way to Exodus. But once we go there, we get to learn what we're actually inheriting. The history of God the way that people there did life with God in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant. You know what the word covenant means? It is an agreement between two bodies where you can't tell which one starts and which one ends. It's a, a really good agreement. <laughs> Can I get an amen? amen? It says we have a better one. It blows my mind. Oh my God, we can get, it can get better and better and better. And then I looked at my life when I was 18. I look at my life now where I'm almost 28 and I'm like, life has gotten better. Can I get an amen? Can I, oh, can I get a hallelujah? Yeah, oh, I love you guys, man. That's a school and worship thing that we do at school, the school of word and worship. All right, here we go. 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. I love the joint part with him. 
That means that you're together. That when you read the Bible, you're already reading it with him. That when you go through life, you're already doing it with him. Can I get an amen? amen? If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Oh, that's so beautiful because that means that God understands my heart. God understands that the choices that my mom and my dad made, he knows the pain that I went through. That means he has the perfect answer for me. Isn't that good? Even if you're so logical, you're like, I am just a logical person. Well, that's good. <laughs> There's a transmitter, you're a receiver. He only wants to transmit good stuff to you even though you feel like you're suffering. Isn't that good? He wants to meet you where you are. Man, let me tell you about Paul, the guy who wrote Romans. He was at the lowest point of his life. He thought he was doing the right thing. He was going around killing Christians. It said women and children. He thought he was doing the right thing. And then on his road, riding his little donkey, say donkey. He was riding that thing and then God showed up. A blinding light showed up. And uh, it's funny because like Paul had no choice but to turn towards him, right? Like, so he was there and then the, the blinding light happens. He goes blind. He has this encounter with God. And then his life has changed dramatically dramatically, and then here he is, a guy who killed people being used by God. Why would God not want to talk to you? <laughs> Someone that was persecuting his people, that was doing the opposite of what he was writing. He was putting people into fear and bondage. God still came and met him on his road. It was on his path. Is God not meeting you right now on your path? Is that not why you're here today? Or are you here because your spouse made you? No, you're here because God knew you were going to be here. It says that the spirit of God caused the children of God. So that means before you even knew God, he was calling you here. Isn't that good? Isn't it, doesn't it feel good to be in the hands of a good father? A father that can't die? A father that won't leave you? A father whose only choice is to love you and hug you and transmit good things that are no longer fear or bondage. Isn't that good? So can we do this together and forgive our dads? Yeah. All right, we're still good on time. Yay. Here we go. 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time, oh, this one's going to make me cry. I'm telling you, man, I wish gold right now would just start falling down. You guys would be so happy. <laughs> oh, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And that just gets me, man, because like, I just, it was suffering. If I reflect back and I think about these moments or I think about my future where like, uh, I think uh, maybe I think about regret and I'm like, God, what do you think about that? It hurts. I suffer. I'm in pain. And I think of stuff of like, God, why would you give me that father? And then why would he die? And then God said, but if you turn towards me, there's something so much better. And I love this part because guess what I'm doing now? I'm preaching a whole message to you from this place of suffering. Do we call that glory? Isn't that good? Maybe there's a story that you're supposed to be writing with him. Maybe there's a message that he wants you and him to go through. And it's not his idea because he doesn't bring bondage and fear, but it is his idea for you to experience glory. Isn't that good? For I consider, you have to consider, you have to turn. 
I'm not yelling at you. It just, ugh, ugh, just gets me in there because that's what I did. That's what I did up on that mountain. On that mountain, that's what I did when I had a hole in my heart and I said, but God, let me turn towards you. He said, oh, I got a message. He saw this moment right here, right now where the enemy thought he had a way. <laughs> But now I get to glorify Jesus. I get to talk to you guys about a father that loves you. So what are you going through? Well, you're doing it by yourself, but there's a good father that wants to transmit glory to you. Say glory. Then let me get a hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on. For I consider, verse 18, I want you to write this down. Write it down. For I consider that the suffering of this present time, say right now are not worthy, say present time, you're not worthy. My bad, present time of suffering, you're not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And who lives inside of us? Okay, three people understand who lives inside of us. So what is he trying to do? He's trying to reveal things to us. The transmitter, the father. But we have to consider, we have to turn towards his presence. Does that make sense? Yes. 19, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the son. Say, I'm a son. So in the entire creation, we're part of that. We're part of that. Without you guys even knowing, you guys were eagerly waiting for God to transmit something inside of me. If not, you'll just be looking at me. And my wife picked out this outfit, so you'll just be looking at what my wife picked out. There's a joke there. All right, I love you guys. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the receivers of God or the sons of God. I just want to know, how many of you guys have a J-O-B? Come on. Is, are they not the creation? Are they not eagerly waiting for a revelation that you get from God? Uh, there were so many times when I used to work at an eye doctor that I'd go through something, an experience, and I would hate it, man. I would hate it. I want to tell you that I didn't complain, but God, I complained. I complained, right, baby? She literally, I would get home off 66, say 66. You guys took too long to pray, man. I was stuck on traffic 66 where they had like three lanes. One was always busted. Now they have like 30 lanes, right? You guys get there real fast. So, uh, but no condemnation, I forgive you. So, um, so, so I would drive there and back, and, and as I'm going there, I used to complain but then once my wife, because I'm not alone, because I know she hears from the father, because she is also a son, because she's also a, trans, uh, a receiver, heard, hey, tell your husband, stop complaining. Don't let that be the first thing that comes through the door. And I was hurt when she said that, because I was making it all about me. But when we're vulnerable, which means that we have no offense and no defense, we can actually receive from the other person. Does that make sense? Are you guys with me? Hallelujah. So what ended up happening was I would then, I was like, okay, God, I'm done complaining. What do you want to do? And he's like, how about we listen to some teachings? You have four hours. And I was like, all right, I'll listen to a whole lot of teachings. And, 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 it, and I sometimes would hate it because the, the people that would be speaking would just touch things in my heart that I was like, I'm not doing that, bro. Like, I'm trying to shove that the deepest, darkest part of my heart. But it would come out. And in, in these four hours, you have nothing else to do. And so I was like, all right, God, do we have a conversation about it? And then as I kept communicating with him and talking to him and, and getting ideas from him and allowing him to be a good father to me, to hug me, to hold me, to love me, then I would actually show up to work and somebody would have the same issue. Let me give you an example. One of them was like, hey, I just had an abortion. I didn't want to have an abortion. 
She was like, but I was forced to do it. I didn't want to have an abortion. And I looked at her and I was like, what do I do? And God was like, the only thing you can do right now and you hug her. And I went and I just hugged her because that's what God was doing to me on 66 traffic was hugging me. I was listening about intimacy and how God never turns away from me. And so I go and I hug her. And then a couple Sundays later, she shows up, she comes here and that relationship was built. And I heard God saying, hey, let her know that I forgive her. So I went and I was like, hey, God forgives you. And she just starts weeping and she starts crying. And then bondage was broken, fear was broken. And then a month later, she gets pregnant. She goes to the same guy. She was like, I will not have an abortion right now. She was like, you want me to, but I will not. I'm gonna birth this child and it's the cutest little baby. She's four now. And it moves my heart because she was one of the creation that was eagerly waiting for a response from the Father. Are you guys with me? It's not just about you. It is about you and God, but, but then it turns into something more. I'm almost done for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who's subjected in hope, he's talking about Adam, 21, because of the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. Say delivered. delivered. That young girl was delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know, come on, say we know, we know. that the whole world, the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. 23, not only that, say not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the spirit, Come on, say I have first fruits. Let me tell you something. The only way to get those fruits from the spirit is to turn towards him, right? In Guatemala, where I'm from, where my dad died, <laughs> there's these uh, uh, coconuts and bananas, right? The, the only way that I'm able to go and get that banana is if I get a ladder and I go up there. Same thing with the lemons. Oh, they have the best lemons there. We make some ceviche. Oh my gosh, it's so good. But before I can make the ceviche, I have to grab a ladder, go to the tree and pick it. You need to go to God, <laughs> who is the everlasting life with all the fruit and pick the fruit that he's given you. Yeah. And he's like, it looks like lemon right now, but we can make ceviche. Yeah. If you don't know what ceviche is, it's good and you're missing out. Yeah. I love God. All right, here we go. 23, not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the spirit, say it's of the spirit. So you can't lose them, they're from God. Even we ourselves groan. Say, just do a groan. Uh, now do a hallelujah. So much better. Stop groaning. Here we go. With, <laughs> within ourselves, eagerly wait for the adoption, the redemption. Say, I'm redeemed of our body. 24, for we were saved in this hope. But hope that is not seen, hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? See, that's Shakespeare right there. 25, but if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. And that word perseverance means persistence. Say persistence, 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 persistence. Persistence in doing something despite of difficulty or delay in success. Isn't that good? So it says that God wants you to be Persistent. We eagerly wait with it with perseverance, with persistence. That even though it doesn't look like we're completely healed right now, we continue to just search for God because we will be healed or we are healed. 
I was talking about me and my heart. It was just, man, these moments where I was like, okay, we're good. Conversation's done. We're good to go. We're good to go. And I'm still crying right now in the back. And he's like, I'm just here to hug you. I'm here to love you. I'm here to get rid of regret. Future and the past and the present. Be persistent. Don't let go of me. Yeah, I know. You got to bring the table. Yeah, I know. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got J-O-B. You got to function. Let other people do it for you too. Don't do it alone. How many of you guys are doing life alone? Good job. Nobody put their hands up. That was a test. Don't do it alone. 26, likewise, the spirit who is also persistent <laughs> also helps in our weaknesses. Say it's okay that I have a weakness. I know we don't want to acknowledge that, but it's beautiful when we acknowledge it with this spirit. Because then he's like, I can help you here. Let's be persistent. Right? I had to be weak and be like, God, this is how I feel, even though I don't want to talk about it. I, to me, another word for weakness sometimes could also be honesty. I have to be honest that I lack the, complete, the ability to do something here. Coach me. Teach me. Transmit something good to me, Father. I'm a receiver. My heart's open in this weakness. Are you with me? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession. Say, the Spirit is praying for me. Verse 7 for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Yeah, that's why when we pray in tongues, we don't understand what it is because it's the spirit praying. Sometimes we do. 27, now he who searches the hearts. Come on, what did he do for me on that mountain? What did he do? He did what? He searched. He searched my heart. He said, I'm supposed to be there. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints. Say, I'm a saint. That just means God's people, people who are redeemed. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together. I actually, can I be real with you guys? This is the whole reason I was reading this part was for the father uh, and the son and then this part. But then I got really excited about Romans 8 because I like it a lot. So we kept going. Okay, so this is the whole point of this passage, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Can I hear somebody who loves God? And we know that all things work together for you guys who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. And I love that part. To me, I love it because it wasn't God's idea for my biological dad to die. But this place where I got to turn towards him and not myself or towards fear or bondage, he chose to make that situation into this message. If we look at paint, if we look at anything creative, what happens when we don't know how to play something, we learn how to, for me it was piano. The whole time I was like, I'm not creative because my wife is so creative. So I would compare everything that I would do with her. Say compare. Comparison kills. Because when she would draw a lion, it looked like a lion. When I would draw a lion, it would look like a sausage. <laughs> and then I found out that all things work together for my good. And then I talked to my father, who is my, and I am the, also known as the, good job. And he said, hey, you're creative because nobody has ever seen a lion like that, boy. And I said, baby, look at my lion, it's a sausage. And nobody's seen a lion like that before. But this is it, this is it right here, listen to me. You can hear me and everything that I'm saying. Don't compare your life to me. You go have a conversation with God and he'll tell you to do something. After the sausage, which was the lion, really, which was, say, rawr. 
nice, it was a lion. He said, hey, if you can do this, let me show you what I actually want you to do. And he was like, you're gonna learn how to play the piano. And I'm still not that good. You'll never see me up here doing this. Well, maybe not, I don't know. God does whatever he wants. So, but, but I decided to play just for him. He made all things work together for my good. This place where I thought I lacked creativity, when I talked to the father, he was like, really? You're just using it wrong. <laughs> So when it came to my father and he died, he was like, no, I wanted life for him. I wanted him with you, but that didn't happen. So this is the good that I'm doing. I'm your father now. And, you, and the thing that the enemy did for evil, we're gonna use it for good. So you're gonna create this message. You're gonna play this piano with them, even if you only know three chords. It's still music, you guys are still listening to me. So if all things work together for our good, that means everything in the Old Testament also works together for our Right, let me show you an example. If we go to Exodus chapter three, are you guys bored? No. I know I'm talking really fast, but I'm almost out of time and I, I, just, I just love you guys so much and I also wanna make the enemy pay. I also wanna make him pay. Yeah, so right now, Satan, you have no hold here. You know why? Because we are sons and daughters, come on. So right now, just open up your hands. You're gonna say, God, tell me something. And whatever simple thing he told you, that is real for you. And he only gives you good things, not things that lead to bondage or fear. If you didn't get one, ask him again. Be a child. Be a child. And if you're mad at me, that's okay. I'm here to love you. So if we look here at Exodus 3, I love it. Now Moses, say Moses. Moses was also a shadow, a representation of who Jesus was supposed to be later down the line. We don't have enough time for it. If you want to know about more about it, come to the School of Word and Worship. We'll teach you stuff like that. Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. You know what I heard there? He's doing his job. How many of you guys have a job? How many of you guys do something in your life? His look like sheep. And I love this. And he led the flock to the back of the desert. Sometimes I feel like we could be in the back of the desert. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. That word Horeb right there, that mountain before it was the mountain of God, it was actually known as the desolate place. Desolate means to be empty, to be bare, to have nothing there. Kind of like that little hole in my heart. There was a mountain there. How many of you guys have some mountains in your life and you don't know how you're going to overcome it? Come on, verse two, and the angel of the Lord. I love that because that word angel is actually the presence of God, also known as a messenger. I love that. And the angel or the presence of God or the presence of the Lord. And that word Lord actually means king. It means ruler of something. That means that God is actually the one that wants to come and rule over your life. Not because he's a dictator, but because he has something good for you, because he's a good father, because he is the what? Good job. And the presence of the good transmitter, the Lord, the one that's occupying real estate where the enemy is trying to occupy real estate, but we know who wins at the end and it's who? The Lord, come on. And the presence of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire. You know what that word fire also means? It means weapon. Isn't that good? Man, that's why we don't need to defend ourselves. God is the weapon. Come on. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. Here it is. This is the key right here. This is the point. So he looked, say looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, with the weapon, but the bush was not consumed. Listen, listen, chapter three. Then Moses said, I will now turn. 
I will now turn. What did I do in that moment of suffering? What did I do? Somebody remind me. I literally had to physically turn. Now you turn to your neighbor and say, hey, let's turn. You know why we did that? Because you can do it. We can turn. It's that simple. Turn literally means change of direction. He was using his waffle brain to take care of the sheep. He saw a mystery, which he didn't know yet, but it was the presence of the Lord. And he decided to change course, change direction, and turn towards that bush. Let me tell you what happens next. Are you ready? Verse three, then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. Or a mystery was another word there. For So when the Lord, say the Lord. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him. Oh my God. I'm going to reread it. I'm going to reread it so you guys can understand. Who did what first? Yeah, Moses turned. But there was already God there with his presence. You think you come in here and the, pre- no, the presence is already here. You chose to turn, to change direction, to be like God is more important than all my bondage and fear and everything that's going on. God is so much better than lunch. God is so much better than how my spouse made me feel or, or, or my dog made me feel or how my boss made me feel or how my dad died. God is so much better than that. And it's already here, so I'm gonna change direction. I'm gonna turn. And then what did God do? Then when the Lord saw, he was always looking. God saw, I love that. And that word saw is actually the word ra'a, which means face to face. God isn't in heaven looking down. God is in your face. You know what happens when we're face to face? What happens when I'm in your face? What do I do? I hug you. Another word for hug is what? Love. When we turn towards God. When we turn towards his presence, towards his mystery, something we can't understand, but we're willing to turn anyways, he shows up face to face and he hugs us and he loves us and he transmits and we what? I'm almost done. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, I like to put my name right there. So when the Lord saw that Rapha took, <laughs> that Rapha looked, then God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Raphael, Raphael, bring your heart to me. Let's talk about your dad and the things that you had no control over because you were five when this happened. And I love this. Then Moses said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Nate talked about holiness last week and it's when you're made whole because you were intimate with God. When you allowed God to come in and be face to face with you, the place that you're at becomes holy, becomes full of wholeness. And the place where Moses was, was actually in a place of exile. He was in so much pain. He actually called his kid because I'm a stranger in this foreign land. So I just want to know how many of you guys are a stranger in a foreign land or feel off or feel like you don't belong here. That's in that place, in that place of exile where you feel you did something wrong. There's actually a place where there's no condemnation, where God's presence is there. And if you're willing to turn towards that presence, then God is actually able to make you whole, make it a holy place. A place where he's like, do something silly, take off your sandals because there's a bigger implication to it. 
Are you with me? Say hallelujah. He said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And we don't have time, but I really wanted to go into like Abraham and Jacob and Isaac and all that because it's more of the turning of the presence. But we're going to be okay. Sam will be okay. Say, I have my Bible. This is more than enough for me to go and investigate God, to go and turn towards God. Yay, that's so good. So this is the part that I love. Moses was just living his life from where he was and he decided to turn towards the presence of God. I can't imagine the holes he had in his heart, his mom, his dad, his whole family, feeling alone, running away from his purpose. But he chose to turn towards God where God made him whole This is the part that I love. Are you ready? This is what I'm going to end with. That mountain known as the desolate place, the empty place, the bearing place, the black hole in that heart became the mountain of God. Where then he led the people of Egypt to. And he saw God face to face. Does that make sense? So this is what we're going to do. We're going to have staff people come up. We're going to have prayer people come up. We're going to have Asia Lynn or somebody that, that plays piano better than me. They're going to play some background music. And the prayer people, you've, you're welcome to come up. And this is what the call is today, okay? This is what the Holy Spirit put on my heart. He wants to meet you where you are. He wants you to turn towards him. The people that are up here are people who have turned their hearts and their minds and their souls and their commitment to God over and over and over and over again. And they've been in the presence of God and I'm not saying that they're perfect. All I'm saying is that they're willing to come up here, be uncomfortable and partner with you, to hear you, to hear you out. Most importantly, they're up here to be used by God where God can meet you face to face. So just close your eyes for me. Actually, if we can all just rise together, let's do it together in faith. Let's do it all together as sons. Let's do it all as good transmitters. Just close your eyes for me. And this is your moment right here to be face to face with God. This is your moment to turn towards his presence. Hey, and then maybe you... There's somebody out there that's never been born again. Somebody that hasn't been adopted by God. That's what they're up here to do as well. They're here, bless you. Someone sneeze. They're up here to lead you to this father, to help you start the conversation with God. And so whatever black hole or mountain you feel you have in your life, when you come up here as an act of faith, when you take these steps, you're turning, you're literally turning, you're leaving that mountain in your seat and you're coming up here to encounter the living God, the God who liberates. And I I actually hear this in my heart right now, people saying, ah, no, it's been too many years, it's been too long, you don't understand my loss, 
We just read that God understands your suffering and he wants to partner with you to lead you out of that suffering, to lead you to a new place, to lead you back to your purpose because that's what happened with Moses. He went back to his purpose. He went back to his design. He went back to what his name actually meant, which was to pull out, to draw out the people that were in bondage, the Israelites in Egypt and lead them to a new place, which was the mountain of God. Even if you can't pinpoint something, you're like, I don't know, I just feel the spirit. I just feel something in my heart. I'm anxious, I'm nervous. Come on up. Come on up. Nobody's going to look at you. They have their own mountains. So if that's you, come on up. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. Come on up. Come on up now. Come on up now. Come on. Come on. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. If he did it for Paul, he'll do it for you. If he did it for Moses, he'll do it for you. Also, Moses killed somebody as well. Come on, he'll do it for you. Be brave, turn towards God. Turn towards this mystery. Let it be bigger than lunch. Let it be bigger than your day. Let this be the why. Because he loves you, because he loves you. And I'll keep talking until you come up. I'll keep talking. I'll pray, Jesus, we just love you. We thank you that you are the good father. I thank you that we're not meant to do this alone. So if there's anybody saying, I'll just do it on my car ride or I'll do it at home. Yeah, you could do it by yourself. But I know that it's better when there's someone there to embrace me. And I don't even care how long I have to wait. I don't care what line there is, but I'm coming up. I'm coming up. I'm turning away from my mountain and I'm coming to the mountain of God. So Jesus, we just release the people that need to be released right now in the name of Jesus. If you have to go, please go. If you have to go, please go. But if you're willing to stay, if you're willing to stay, let's pray together. Let's pray together. If you don't know what to pray, tap into the spirit, pray in tongues, extend your hands. I hear, oh, don't let pride stop you from coming up. Don't let that mountain stop you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And and something that I can promise you is that this is the start to a beautiful conversation with God. And now during worship, you will no longer complain about the music, but you'll actually have a conversation with God. When you're in traffic, you will no longer complain about traffic. You'll have a conversation with God. When you have no understanding about why you have this black hole in your heart, there'll be a father to give you understanding, to give you love, to surpass your understanding. So Holy Ghost, we just thank you. We just release it right now. Release it right now. And if you're waiting, you're like, oh, Rafa, come pray for me. I I don't have words for you, but I'll let the spirit move through me. Thank you, Jesus. Also, if you're getting baptized, that's important. Make sure you go do that. Pastor Kevin and Ms. Gina are leading that. So they stay in this place of intimacy with him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I'll stop talking now so we can do some worship. But I'll come pray for you. You know why? Because I love you. 
Can we just get a really big hallelujah? Hallelujah.